is doing. And, you know, I wish, I wish you could all go over there and see um, little girls who have been in prostitution since they were four and five years old and seeing them now living in this home and hearing the love of Jesus. And, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that even a pagan government looks at it and is touched and and recognizes that this is a good thing to do. So um, it's a blessing. And I could go on forever about all that God does through Chomno and his organization. He's definitely one of my heroes, but we're blessed that he could be here today. Now let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Continuing in our study through the book of Ephesians, last week we were talking about the concept of redeeming the time. Paul is challenging the Christians here to look ahead at what you're going to do with your time. Time is an incredible gift from God. It's something that each one of us is is given. We don't know how much of it we have, but we all have the same amount each day. And his idea is, and the challenge that I think we received as well from God's Word, was that There's a lot of time that we have in our future. What are we going to do with it? How are we going to invest it? When we look back, we realize that so much of our time is just wasted, spent on things that don't matter, mindless activities and things like that. And the idea of redeeming the time is the idea of looking forward and planning ahead so that some of what we do with our time is really fruitful and lasts for eternity, that we won't just let life happen to us, that, that we will take the initiative and, and the responsibility to look at the time that we have and consider how God might want us to use it. And as he says, therefore, in verse 17, don't be mindless, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Find out, what does God want me to do? What is it that he would like me to be involved in this day and this week and this year and for whatever time I have remaining here on the earth? Now he continues the discussion in verse 18 and gives us really a key to how to redeem the time, how to make the most of the opportunities that we have. Because he says, and do not be drunk with wine and which is dissipation literally the word there um, king james translates it excess what it really means is it's the word sozo which means saved or healed or delivered and then it's the negative prefix to it so the idea is if you get drunk what you're doing is the kinds of things that are totally not saving the totally a good way to really waste your time is to get drunk and then make decisions. But instead, in contrast, be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go off on a long rant against alcohol. I could. Uh, The Bible has a whole lot of negative things to say about alcohol. And I think today, the fact that the potential damage that you can do driving a vehicle under the influence of alcohol and the damage that that does should certainly cause us to be even more hesitant and more, more aware and critical of the use of alcohol than even they were in the biblical days. You know, I don't know if you realize it, but this year in our country alone, probably 
over 16,000 people will die in traffic accidents where alcohol is a factor. That's about a third of all the people who die in traffic fatalities. When you add the people who die from sicknesses and things like that that are caused by alcohol and the abuse of alcohol, about 50,000 people are going to die this year in our country because of alcohol. Each one of those people has parents and some, many of them have children and brothers and sisters and others whose lives are devastated by their deaths. And you start multiplying the damage and adding to it the number of people who just, they won't die this year, but they ruin their lives because of uh, the abuse of alcohol. And you think of all the people who do stupid things when they're drunk. You think of all the lives that are ruined by you know, date rapes and things like that where alcohol is always a factor. Um, you realize alcohol is not something that you want to be influencing your life. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't say that, oh, you know, you should, you can't ever have a social drink or whatever because I, you know, God gives you some latitude there and I'm not going to go beyond what God says. I'll tell you, for me personally, when I see the damage that's done by alcohol, there isn't anything appealing to me about it at all. The last thing I would ever think is that stuff that has taken the lives of many of the people that I love, it's the last thing I think of when I think of feeling good and partying would be to have anything to do with it. So it's up to you what you do with it. If it sounds like you know, a good thing for you, then... I'm not going to put a burden on you that God doesn't put on you. But you can understand why God would use it in a negative sense, connected with, contrasted with being filled with the Spirit. Because alcohol influences and controls your ability to make decisions. And you'll, you would do things when you've been drinking that you would never do when you were sober. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to take control of our lives to lead and guide and influence us. And being filled with the Spirit, it, it can be confusing. Literally, it says to continuously be being filled with the Spirit. It's not that the Holy Spirit isn't already inside you. If you're a child of God, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you already have the Holy Spirit inside you. And He's in there and completely and totally. So you don't get less of the Spirit or more of the Spirit. But the idea of being filled with the Spirit is how much influence are you going to let the Holy Spirit have in your life? How much are you going to let him help you to decide how you are going to invest that treasure of time that you have? Is he going to be the one who is leading and guiding you in your decision-making or not? And it's not that he's in there rattling around. Um, being filled with the Spirit, that word in the Greek is pleroma. It means to be crammed full. The idea is al allow the Holy Spirit to pervade your life, to be involved in more than just when you go to church, but include God in everything that you do. Because the Holy Spirit knows best what you need. And, you know, I mean, we're going to do some things this week that when the week is over, we're going to go, that was a complete waste of time. 
There was no purpose to doing that at all. Um, you know, those of you who are Cleveland Cavaliers fans, and you, think, and you think LeBron James is the king, sorry about all the time you wasted watching them get crushed by Orlando. Now, all of you Orlando fans, we'll see whether you're watching them play the Lakers or you Laker fans, whether, you know, you, we don't know ahead of time. A good game is a game we win, <laughs> you know, well, whoever we are. But our whole life is that way. And it's kind of like, it's hard to see ahead of time what is going to turn out to be a good investment financially and time-wise and in every way. But God knows the future. And so if we are listening to him and submitting to him and saying, God, I want this week to have your guidance. I want your Holy Spirit to be leading me so that the things that I do and the things that I avoid are carved out ahead of time for me, that what I do turns out to be a great use of my time. And that I find that you kept me from time wasters and things that were just ridiculous. Now, it doesn't, this isn't the same as being obsessed with, I want to get as much done as I can. Because a part of what God wants you to do is to rest and, and relax. And he, he calls us to do that and to just commune with him. It's not about getting the most done that you can. It's about effectiveness. It's about having his insight ahead of time into what's going to be a good investment. This year, without planning a big vacation, and you know our kids are kind of gone, one's in college and the other got married, and so what Ann and I have done this year kind of is just try to get away a few days here and there, and this week, this last week, we went and, and spent it at a, at a retreat center um, in uh, Wisconsin that allows pastors and their wives to come there. And it was, we spent like four or five days at this little bed and breakfast, and it was just incredible. And we didn't do much other than spend time together and with the Lord. And we read our Bibles, and we read they had a lot of good Christian literature there, and, and we worshiped, and we, we just, it was time away, and four days felt like three weeks. It was just so enriching. And I, and I thought, we're staying in this big house that's on a lake, and there's woods, and you can walk and pray. And, do, and I thought, why don't we do this more? Why don't we do without TV and cell phones and, and email? And it's amazing how a few days away from that stuff, you don't miss it at all. I came home, and I didn't feel like, oh, I can't wait to see how many problems are piled up in my email <laughs> box. Now... It just so happens that where we were, we had a few hours to kill before catching our plane, and I had no idea that the Harley-Davidson headquarters is there in Milwaukee, or that they had just opened their new museum, and so I allowed Ann to go and see those attractions, and <laughs> I tagged along. But she was fascinated by seeing how the engines are put together and all. It was really amazing. But... It was one of those weeks where it's like I look back and I go, this week was like a month in terms of blessing and, and communion, in terms of our relationship personally, in terms of our connection to God and hearing from Him. And I realize that's how God wants us to live our lives. 
filled with the Spirit, controlled, led by Him, being able to unplug, being able to plug into the right stuff, filled, controlled. And it's just the opposite of being controlled by anything else. Now, maybe your life isn't controlled by alcohol, but there's all kinds of other things that can control you rather than the Spirit. You might be controlled by TV, or you might be controlled by shopping, or you might be controlled by you know, your friends or family obligations or your work or whatever. Paul is going, hey, if you really want to make the most of the time that you have, which is really the only treasure that any of us possess, then let the Spirit control you. Don't eliminate all the other things that want to tell you what to do and be filled with the Spirit. Now, he goes on and he sort of describes it, and it's a little surprising the way he describes it. Oh, first of all, before we do that, sometime you could read over in Colossians 3, there's a parallel passage um, where in this case it says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Over in Colossians 3 it says, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Being filled with the Spirit in a lot of ways is being filled with the word of God. But it's not just listening to the word or learning the word, it's meditating, it's allowing the word of Christ to dwell richly within you, taking the time to soak it up, to meditate day and night, as the psalmist says in Psalm 1. And so being filled with the Spirit is about connecting with God, allowing his word to just soak into us. And one of the results we can see in verse 19 is worship. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. If you want to know if you're under the control of the Holy Spirit, how much of a heart do you have for worship? Now, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, there are three different designations for music. Um, it's just, there really, it isn't easy to divide between the three and say, this psalms always means this, as opposed to spiritual songs or odes. Um, but the idea is it's a variety of musical expressions. Now, the worship is something that is only done, I mean, in this case, it's speaking to one another. So it's when we gather together to worship God, to focus on Him, it's it's coming to church, for instance. We call this our worship service. When we're studying the Bible, we're worshiping. But when we're singing, we're worshiping. And a lot of times, I think, you know, for many of us, our heart isn't really there. And someone who is filled with the Spirit, their heart is there. Wanting to get together corporately and, and making melody involves playing instruments making melody, but in our heart to the Lord, allowing our heart to be our instrument, allowing us to direct our worship toward the Lord. Now, worship is in a variety of expressions. This doesn't mean you like every song or you like every style, but the idea is be open to different expressions of worship. You know, a lot of times we don't value worship that much. In fact, there... Usually we start church a little late just because if we started worship right on time, half the people would miss some of it. 
And a lot of times we regard the music in the service as being, that's our opportunity to find a parking place and get the kids checked into children's ministry, maybe pick up a donut, chat with a few people, and, and we know that, okay, there's still, it's still the stand-up song, so hopefully it's not the last stand-up song, which means you better get in here. It's just like elevator music to kind of, until we get ourselves ready for the real meat and, and potatoes of the Bible study, everything else is just preliminary to that. That's not the way God would have us to operate. The way that we express our worship is showing the level to which we are filled with the Spirit. If we're singing half-heartedly, or if we're singing in worship, but it's not really in our heart, we're not into it, it sounds like we're just kind of uh, going through the motions, we sing without even thinking about what it is that we are saying, that's a reflection of a life that really isn't in control of the Spirit the way that God would have us to, because Spirit-filled living always leads to corporate worship wanting to get together, thinking, it's Sunday again. We get to get together with the rest of the body and enjoy this, this time of worship. And it comes from the heart, something that God does. So that's one indicator of whether or not we're filled with the Spirit. In fact, the way that you participate in worship on Sunday is going to be a pretty good indication of how your week's going to go. Chances are, if you're not worshiping now, you're not going to be redeeming the time on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, because this is the chance to start off right. But he goes on, <coughs> I don't want to make you feel bad, I mean, worship's already over. <laughs> can't, do, can't do anything about it now. Well, there's one song left. But in verse 20, another indication, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If someone is filled with the Spirit, they're going to be constantly giving thanks for everything. And again, this is something that we do together. How much do you share with others of what God has done? that you're thankful for. Most of us are much more concerned with what we want God to do than we are with being grateful and celebrating what he already has done. If our hearts were more grateful, we might enjoy worship a little bit more, by the way. But it's amazing when, when we say, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? Yeah. Man, I have a whole list of things I want God to do today. I have a whole to-do list for God. And I have one for me. And I, want, I hope God is as stressed about my prayer list as I am about my to-do list. But then you go, what's God done this week? What are you thankful for? Uh, yeah, I thanked God a lot this week for several of my meals. You know, I sat down, God, thanks for this hamburger. And after that, Lord, thanks for the malt. And then that night, hey, God, thanks for, you know, the hot dog, the pizza, the steak, whatever. You know, that, is that it? We're supposed to be thankful for everything. The assumption is God has been working. Have you even noticed what he did? Can you think immediately 
what happened this week that was God, that was worth celebrating, that was worth sharing with someone else, if you can easily think, and in fact, if already today you've shared with someone else something that you're thankful for, then that's a pretty good indication of being filled with the Spirit. And if you're spending your time today being grateful, that's a pretty good indication that your time is going to be redeemed this week. But if, if you are, I don't care how spiritual you act, and I don't care how many Bible verses you can quote, I mean, you can know so many verses that you can instantly make anyone feel bad at what they're doing because you've got a verse for that. That's not spiritual. That's not being filled with the Spirit. I don't care how gifted you are, how much attention you can draw to yourself. How grateful are you? How much do you share with others the goodness of God? How much do you participate in that kind of mutual encouragement? You know, President John F. Kennedy was famous for saying in that one speech, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. What if we modified that? What if on each of our telephones, before it answers, people heard the message that said, first of all, before I pick up, don't ask for anything. Only call if you're telling me what you want, how you want to help. What if that was the church's answering machine? I mean, we could, a couple people could be unemployed easily. Because when people are calling, it's always, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. I think God feels the same way. It's like, you ever call just to tell me thanks? Do you ever talk to someone just to tell them you appreciate them? How often do you stop and say, like the one out of ten lepers who, who were healed of leprosy, who came back and said, thanks, do we do that? Because if the Spirit of God is working in your life, He's going to make you thankful. And that's going to be reflected. And not just thankful for good things, even thankful for things that you didn't expect and things that were painful. Can you celebrate that and say, I saw God's hand in that? When you have a, I mean, I hope when you make an investment and it goes really well, you thank and praise God for it. But how about one that costs you a lot of money? You thank God for that too because his hand was in that. We saw, you know, as we were in Romans chapter 8 on Wednesday nights, Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for good. So nothing bad ever happens to you. That's why we can be thankful in everything if we're filled with the Spirit, if we're really submitting to Him, and we can help each other to do that. We can mutually be grateful. And again, if you aren't thankful, you aren't filled with the Spirit. Let me make it clear. And if you're not thanking God, you are throwing away lots of time that God could bless that could be invested in something that matters. And you're throwing it away instead on something that's trivial. Because you're whining and complaining. And how much of our time do we spend just complaining about something that's already happened and it's too late for us to even do anything about it or for anyone to do anything about it? Every minute that we spend complaining about the past is a minute that we're throwing away. How about instead of that, take that time and 
and be thankful. Stop. I mean, we have one day a year, Thanksgiving. And then mostly what we're thankful for is turkey. <laughs> you know, every day for a spirit-filled Christian ought to be Thanksgiving. And time when we don't, not just telling God thank you, but telling people that you appreciate how God has used them in your life. That is spirit-filled. It's a part of it. And again, you're not filled with the Spirit if you're not thanking God and having a heart of thanksgiving. You know, the first thing, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, you can kind of fake that. But this is incontrovertible evidence of whether or not you're filled with the Spirit. Are you a grateful person? Now, if you're feeling guilty right now, don't, like, come up afterwards and go, hey, thanks, Dave. You know, like, no, if you're, not, if you're not thankful, you don't need to start being thankful. This is grace. This is something that God wants to do in your life. And he doesn't tell you, be thankful. Come on. He goes, hey, be filled with the Spirit. Let God work in your heart. It's telling you that something else is wrong spiritually. So don't treat the symptom Open your life to the Word of God. Let Him soak into you. Spend time in communion with Him. And as He begins to fill your life and take control, you'll see all of a sudden the most natural thing in the world is to express appreciation and to be thankful always for all things. And then in verse 21 and running out of time, but we're going to be talking about it for the next several Sundays probably. He brings up this issue of submitting to one another in the fear of God. That word submit, word that's often misused and misunderstood, um, it's the Greek word hupotasso. The word tasso means to organize or arrange, and hupo means under. The idea of submitting to one another Sometimes it's a great study to go through the whole Bible and look at all the one another's, the things that we're to do together. But submitting to one another, this is the preface for his whole discussion now on wives submitting to husbands and children submitting to their parents and servants submitting to masters and all of this sort of thing. There was a guy last week who was here and he goes, hey, pastor, we're going to be going on vacation for a couple weeks, so if there's any way you could stall that wives submit to your husbands until we get back, I'd really appreciate it. So uh, we'll see. But the idea is a, a spirit-filled person is a person who is finding their place in connection to others. That's really what it means. It's not that I want to get whatever I can get. It's the idea that I want to be in walking in an organized, arranged way whereby I am fulfilling the role to which God has called me. It's a word that they used when they were marching in formation. If you've ever had the, the opportunity to, to be either in the military or in a marching band or something, a, you know, a flag team or whatever, where you had to march in straight lines, straight diagonal lines, straight vertical and horizontal lines as well, you know the only way to do that while you're moving is to watch how you are in alignment with others. And when you're checking your alignment with others, if everyone does that, you could be moving down a field and it looks like it's you know, just 
perfectly in alignment. But that happens not because you don't make adjustments. It's because everybody's constantly making adjustments to keep yourself lined up the way you're supposed to be. That's the word hupotasso. And the idea is check out how you're connected with others. Check out how you're interacting with others. You're not a loner. You're not just, you know, to be filled with the Spirit is not to go, oh God, I'm so filled that I'm going to go live in a cave until you return. But being filled with the Spirit means you want to connect and, and interact with others. And you're willing to pay the personal price to get along with others, which means adjustments and compromises in different ways and in different areas because you realize connection is everything. That's what we're called to be as the body of Christ. We've seen tons of that in, in this book of Ephesians. And so it's the third sign of being filled with the Spirit is that you're desiring to be in submission. You're desiring to be in flux, in adjustment, fitting in and finding out where it is that you belong. Now, we're to be filled with the Spirit. It means it's not being drunk. But drunk isn't really the point. People can be controlled by all sorts of things other than the Spirit. But what we need to do is make sure that nothing else is controlling us. And so, it starts out with taking a look at your time and see how you're spending it. And that will give you clues as to what might be your alternative to the Holy Spirit filling you and controlling you. So when you re recognize what that is and you make a choice, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I just want to do what God leads me to do. You're going to see worship, corporate worship, wanting to get together with others becomes more and more the desire of your heart. And then, flowing forth from that, you love to share with people how thankful you are. And you find yourself being grateful even when things don't go your way because you know they're going God's way. And then ultimately, you realize that, you know, I used to have a hard time getting along with others, but I'm starting to see where I fit and how I fit. I'm finding places that I can serve and finding people I can connect to. I'm seeing my relationships are becoming enriched. When that happens, that's a great indication that the Holy Spirit is leading, that you're being controlled by Him, that you are becoming more and more of who and what He wants you to be. And the result of that, always, and he's going to go into next a lot of practical relationship areas where you'll see this happening, but even more than that, What's happening to your life all of a sudden is you're, you're redeeming the time. You're starting to live for something. You're seeing a difference. You're, you're recognizing that I'm not just wasting my life. I'm not just killing time. I feel like I've been investing in something that matters. And I'm around others who are doing the same. Now, one last point, and our time is up, but I... I just want to say this to you because God may be speaking to some of you in this area. Notice that all of these things are all about one another. You don't do it by yourself. But in order for two people to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, they both have to be filled with the Spirit. In order for people to mutually be thankful, you have to be around people who are thankful. 
In order to be investing your life and, and living in such a way that you're in submission, it can't just be you. It has to be the people that you're associated with. And so a part of wisdom and a part of being filled with the Spirit is taking seriously who you're around because as much as worship and thanksgiving and submission, being filled with the Spirit, as much as that can be contagious, the opposite is even more contagious. And if you are thankful and you're sharing that with people around you who don't appreciate that, and you're being thankful, but they're being thankless, if you're worshiping God, but that's not where their heart is, that's not what they're into, if you're wanting to fit in and to work together, but they aren't, it's a, it's a real trap of Satan that he will bring people into our lives who will just suck the life out of us, who will, who will completely controvert everything that God wants to do. And here we are associating with people who are not one another's, who want to be filled with the Spirit the way that we do. And, and I think very often for many of us, it's a really difficult and a tough decision. But if you're going to live a Spirit-filled life, it's something that you have to consider is that there may be people in your life who are dragging you down. Now, I know ever since you were a kid, you hated to hear that when your mom was, you know, didn't like your friends. But it's amazing, and it's true, how when you are with people who are filled with the Spirit, it makes it so much easier for you to sense the Spirit working in your life. And there are some people who you can have a totally grateful attitude until they walk up, and then it's like, oh, no. You know what? A part of being filled with the Spirit, I'd suggest, might be putting some people on call blocking. It might mean just limiting some of your contact with certain people. And they may be people that you love dearly, but face it, if you've been trying and trying and trying to influence them, maybe they're doing more of a missionary job on you than you are on them, and sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I only have so many hours in the day. I only have so many opportunities. I can only have so many conversations. I can only listen to so many stories. And God, I want your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me so that I don't waste the time that I have, so that I don't waste the money that I have, so that I don't waste the energy that I have. Because to decide to be filled with the Spirit so that you can redeem the time means that there's a whole lot of things that are going to have to be pushed out of the way. And there's a whole lot of times when you're going to have to say no. Because if you're saying yes to everything and everyone, in this day and age, everyone has control of us. Because we carry cell phones and anyone who has our number can interrupt our life at any time. We have to decide whether we're going to answer that. We have to decide whether we're going to do everything that everyone wants us to do. I'm, the Lord is showing me I, I don't have to answer everything that everyone wants me to do. I don't have to do everything that everyone wants me to do. And the truth is, everyone that wants to suck my time away from me, I don't owe it to them. I owe it to a higher calling to God to do what He leads me to do with everything that I have. And so 
for me, a part of that is, hey, yeah, God's going to lead me to do outreach. But I also need to figure out when it's working or not. And there are some people that I can influence. I'm going to be grateful, and maybe they'll start to be grateful. But there are other people, I don't care how long I'm full of joy around them, they're just going to drag me down, and I'm not going to lift them up. And I know that you know there are people in your life that are coming to your mind right now that you are not doing them a bit of good, and they're doing you a lot of harm. And sometimes we need to grow up and take responsibility and let the Spirit really lead us and, and act like everything that we have and every moment that we have is a gift from God. And so, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you please help me to sort through all the opportunities and to find places where I can have that one another experience where there's something mutual going on so that when I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping with people who want to worship. When I'm grateful, what I get back is people going, yeah, and you know what God did for me? And as I'm, as I'm proceeding forward in my life, and I'm always the one that's submitting, I'm finding out that I'm surrounding myself as the Holy Spirit leads with other people who want to submit too. That it's not just me submit and you dominate. And many of us are such people pleasers that we submit ourselves to the wrong one and others. And I'm just suggesting that the Holy Spirit maybe wants to minister to our hearts and to show us to use some wisdom and discretion to understand, as he said, what the will of God is. And if we're going to do the will of God, it means there's a whole lot of other things that people want us to do that we're just not going to be able to do because we just don't have the time and the energy and the resources to fulfill it all. Don't let the squeaky wheel in your life take all the grease. That's what I'm saying. Be filled with the Spirit, and He's the only one you have to please. He's the only one you have to listen to. And you will discover that you're following Him when you're looking around and going, I'm getting some one another experience. I'm finding some connections that are mutual. And it takes some experimentation sometimes to do that, to really find your place, to find your niche. But it's something that we owe it to ourselves and to our God to take seriously and to do. And that's all a part of being filled with the Spirit. And we will continue i took way too much time we'll continue to talk about this in the ensuing weeks as we go through some of these relationships let's pray lord thank you for your word i know that by your spirit there are things that you want us to wise up to some of us have just been wasting what we have with all good intentions out of love for you god help us to be not mindless. Help us to have your heart and your mind. And help us to look for worship and, and thanksgiving. And Lord, this change in our life, this mutual submission, help us to see all of that as a sign that, yes, the Holy Spirit now is driving, is now in control. Teach us what that means. Help us one step at a time to walk in wisdom to walk in the Spirit, and to reject everything 
that doesn't fit with your plan for our life right now, today, this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.